Land of the free, it lies the home of the homeless Too many die every day, and we really just want this Freedom To this live broadcast of New Abolitionist Radio. My name is Scotty, of course, broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. On this broadcast of New Abolitionist Radio this Sunday night, today's date is March the 8th. Happy belated birthday, although I told him already. Um, but you know, my brother, if he out there, my little brother, if he out there listening, happy, happy belated birthday to you, bro. Uh, New Abolitionist Radio, of course, has been broadcasting on the issue of prison slavery and human trafficking in the United States, and we've been doing this since 2012. And when we look back, that's a lot of time, 2012, that's eight years. And I will have to say that the conversation has moved in the past eight years to recognize that the 13th Amendment did not abolish slavery and that they still continue to traffic in bodies. It's just now, it's, it doesn't matter. It's African bodies by far and large the most, but it's all bodies. All bodies they can get their grubby, slave-catching hands on we see represented in, in the prisons uh, today. So that's what this program was established to do, is to raise public awareness. And I would uh, certainly say we have been successful in that. But the mission, the ultimate goal, is to abolish prison, uh, prison slavery here in the United States. So tonight's program, now, I really wasn't aware of this young man's case. Uh, who has been executed by the state of Alabama, Mr. Nathaniel Woods, who the state knows and everybody else knows did not pull the trigger and kill uh, three cops in Birmingham, Alabama in 2004. Uh, allegedly, these three cops were serving an arrest warrant on an apartment that Nathaniel Woods shared with a roommate. His, his roommate was Carrie, uh, Carrie Spencer. Um, but the state of uh, Alabama murdered Woods even after the Supreme Court, of uh, course, uh, stopped the execution. First, they gave people hope like they was going to review it, stop it, maybe order a new trial, uh, whatever. Uh, but they declined. It was just teasing. Those, those people on the Supreme Court were just teasing with some justice, and uh, justice was denied. So, you know, the United States has yet to unite with other modern nations uh, in the world who have abolished the death penalty, and they continue to use capital punishment, and they belong, you know, they want to talk about axis of evil and where other countries stand on this issue or that issue, but pertaining to the issue of human rights and capital punishment, the United States is in a, a coalition with China, Saudi Arabia, Iran, North Korea, just to name a few a few countries. But most countries, I, I do believe, are, are part of the European Union have abolished the death penalty. 
Um, so again, this happened in 2004. Uh, Alabama just um, executed Mr. Woods, and even uh, the sister of one of the victims said that he shouldn't be executed. And Governor, I guess it's Kay Ivey is her name, um, refused, you know, to do it to give a, a clemency or whatever the power of being the governor of Alabama, um, you know, gives her to intervene in such a case, but she didn't, or obviously we wouldn't be talking about Mr. Nathaniel Woods in past tense as in Alabama murdered this man. Now, Alabama and his prison system was the subject of a Department of Justice, U.S. Department of Justice investigation and was concluded to be in, in the entire prison system to be a violation of the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution. When we're talking about what happens behind the enemy lines of USA Inc., um, everything is or they try to make it uh, fall in the context of the Constitution. It's supposed to be the supreme document, um, although they have co-signed but don't enforce other treaties on human rights. Uh, that they have have uh, signed up for. So human rights is a, a very serious issue uh, behind the bars, as, as some people say. And, you know, here is a person that's being, who has been put to death for simply being in the wrong place at the wrong time um, to hear some of the um, accounts that I have read. So they say, you know, I don't, you know how the media likes to poison the well and there I have seen no convictions, but I don't even know what the warrant was for. You're going to serve a warrant on who? Uh, was it Spencer? Was it Woods? But three police officers going to serve a warrant. And it's perhaps people out there who have more of the details than what what I have. And then, so Mr. Spencer and Mr. Woods is supposed to know you coming right. They got to know in advance that you coming and then conspire to murder uh, these three officers. And that is what Mr. Woods was convicted, convicted of. And so we'll get into some, some of uh, more other details. Um, but you know, it's impossible for Woods and Spencer and Spencer admitted that he is the sole person responsible for firing the fatal uh, shots of Carlos Owen, Harley Chisholm, and Charles Bennett. And again, this happened in, in 2004. The Alabama still charged uh, Woods with the capital offense of killing cops because that's what it is no matter what state you live in, what territory, what colony. Uh, if it's in the jurisdiction of USA Inc., if you kill a cop, that's like automatic death penalty, Okay. Um, if they kill you, well, we all know they may get death duty um, with pay. So we want to take a look at that. And then this is campaign season. Look, um, the fight right now politically, it's in, it's in the Democratic primaries. Um, Donald Trump isn't even, uh, North Carolina, I believe, canceled their Republican primary. South Carolina did too, I believe. Um, because nobody's challenging Trump, okay? Nobody's challenging Trump for the Republican nomination. So the real fight um, for for the issues is between the campaigns of Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden for the Democratic uh, nomination. And Trump is secondary, and Trump is a system 
um, that is so corrupt that it allowed a person like Donald J. Trump uh, come into uh, the most powerful position in, in, in the world, certainly in the United States with the power of the executive branch. Um, but so we have to compare these two men and, and their legacy in criminal justice and on prison slavery issues. Um, and people have to make up their mind and that do vote and who they throw their support behind and resources behind. Um, you know, you got to make sure that you know that this information is correct because I've been observing a lot of mainstream media and even the underground black media and they're not really covering uh, issues concerning prison slavery. Even even when a presidential candidate, uh, a contender, Bernie Sanders, tweets out that our system of mass incarceration is racist and must end, in Mississippi prisons, there have been 24 deaths in 67 days, overcrowding, medical neglect, and inhumane conditions. I stand with the incarcerated, their families, and the Mississippi Prison Reform Co Coalition. So that came that came out yesterday. Um, and for those who follow these type of issues, um, they follow the social media accounts that follow these issues, and you know the prisoners themselves have access and established accounts uh, as ways to get out information. But for a very long time, um, people have been talking about uh, these deaths that's been occurring in Mississippi. Now, I mentioned early, earlier that Alabama already uh, was investigated by the DOJ. Now, we're talking about uh, political power or the power of the POTUS. That's, you might well say that's Trump's Department of Justice. William Barr is his man, you know, um, and for all the appearances that they want to give, like, you know, they're independent. No, no, they're not. No, Trump uh, already pulled that cover off um, and openly, you know, uh, seeks to sway. See, he doesn't know. It's not that he's doing something so much more corrupt than what the other ones do. It's just that he isn't smart enough. This is his first elected office to know that certain things you only talk about behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying, over dinner in a fancy uh, restaurant and, um, you know, with your security. And so that's Trump's problem is he speaks out loud the things that only the establishment's only supposed to, you know, negotiate behind behind the scenes. But we're not going, you know, Donald Trump supports the death penalty. Where does Joe Biden stand? Do you know that? And he, you know, this is an issue that affects us all. But, you know, we are on a, a network that targets uh, African-Americans and the di African diaspora. And this, we are, you know what I'm saying, the ones that are overrepresented on death row and getting put to death. So, you know, this is, um, I think that we need to get more involved as a, a movement of those who want to abolish prison slavery, uh, which also includes abolishing the death penalty. We got to get more organized in um, electoral politics and identifying, you know, avenues through the system 
because we're not ready for revolution. Malcolm X said, put revolution out your mouth if you ain't ready to bleed. And I don't think too many people, not enough people ready to bleed. So what's the only avenue we have for, for uh, even if it's just minor changes, but, you know, um, not a total overhaul of the system. But what can you gain? This is the time, you know, to get some of your demands met. And so certainly, um, you know, it's no secret that... Um, Sanders Prisoner Bill of Rights, which was first created by prisoners on, on during the 2018 strike. He didn't incorporate them all into his criminal justice platform, but I would say at least seven out of the 12 or 10 uh, demands that prisoners themselves put out, like the right to vote. This is the only candidate I've seen, um, unless Jesse Jackson did it in 84 and 88 and had it part of his platform of giving prisoners a uh, right to vote and ending prison gerrymandering, um, then Sanders would be the first. These are, these, we are at historic, when you look at it, you know, in terms of time, look at how much time it has taken us over 150 years to even put this question, you know, to the mainstream is why does prison slavery exist? Obviously, because you didn't abolish slavery, exploiting the loophole of the Thirteenth Amendment. So we'll be we'll be um, opening up the phone lines for those that want to give us a call. We should be joined uh, tonight. Of course, Tag is with us um, from New York, um, longtime abolitionist as long as I've I've known him and uh, met him at the. Uh, millions for Prisoners Human Rights March in Washington, D.C. I think that was 2018. When when was that? 2017? And Tay, let me open up your mic and uh, welcome you in here. When, when was when was that um, rally at? What year? Yeah, yeah, I believe that that's accurate. Um, I believe that that's accurate, but I, these days, you know, can can get the years kind of blurred a bit but um i believe that you're accurate when you said it was 2017 right i know it was uh in the warmer months uh august if i'm not mistaken yeah it was in august to coincide with black august so you know um that's what we're laying out for a panel discussion tonight of course we're going to be joined uh and probably already are joined by kevin and sophia for a panel discussion on the death penalty and the inhumanity of the prison slavery system uh, here in the United States. So um, if you are, are, I believe we have Kevin there. Let me un unmute him. And I believe this is also uh, Sophia. Um, are your, you both of your mics open? Yeah. Greetings yeah, my, my to you, Kevin. Peace. And on nine one seven, do we have a um, tag? Isn't it Sophia? Yes, it is. And just double checked, and it was twenty seventeen million millions for prisoner human rights much. Okay, all right. So um, nine one seven failed to respond. So it um, if you are on the line and just can't talk right now, just hit star star. Um, and if you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. You can also join us at uberconference.com slash Black Talk Radio Network. You can connect with your device um, that way. 
And uh, you can chime in by just hitting star star. We do ask that you always uh, check your background noise. So um, where, where do you want to start, Tag? And if you wouldn't mind introducing Kevin, uh, just giving us, you know, his, his short bio and let him come in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So been been building and uh, working with this brother for a minute now. And so in the, in the way of bio, our, our brother Kevin Steele is a formerly enslaved person, father, abolitionist, and member of the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee, participant of both 2016 and 2018 National Prison Strike, and certainly close comrade of, of mine, and greatly appreciated to have you on the broadcast tonight. <laughs> Hey, what's uh, yeah, so, thank you. Thank, oh, go oh, ahead, go ahead. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So just, you know, we, we've been talking about this issue of the death penalty, and I know just immediately, you know, on hearing what was going on, uh, you know, you had uh, responses and just wanted to start from there. You know, what what was your immediate response on being made aware of this? And where are you at now with what happened to Nathaniel Woods? Yeah. Um, can I curse on here? Oh, uh, we rather rather not, because um, okay. we try to you know reach as many uh, yeah. family families. Okay. So, but um, you know you won't be yeah, censored I, yeah, if I you just do. Want to, like make sure. <laughs> okay. Because it do this, make you want to curse, case, don't it? Make you want to scream a holler like um, Marvin Gaye said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this case really frustrated me, and that's why, I, like, I reached out to Tag and every uh, everyone else that I know that that's like close comrades of mine to figure out like who spoke and like did we have a voice in this in this conversation, this discussion that's going on because it pissed me off really bad. Not that I know the thing was, because I don't know him personally, but it's just like, damn, there are. They're about to really, they're going to murder someone that had nothing to do with what's going on. And obviously, this happens all the time, right? Not in the judicial system, but just out in the streets. Like, they, the Mike Browns, the Tamir Rice. So, like, we constantly see people that get killed for something that that's unnecessary or something that they didn't do. So, that's not what bothers me. It's just because I was in, I was enslaved at one point. And to just imagine that I was on trial and I was in jail for something that I didn't do, and I'm about to die for it, it's just, it just, it was amazing. And for me personally, that I was in jail for a crime that I was overcharged with, that bothered me so much. So I, I really wanted to speak on it. Like, I wanted to speak on it before the brother died and to try to help as much as possible to get a, a clearance of what is going on in the situation or just to give a voice out and to try to motivate brother in the same words to give his peace on the situation so his voice could be everlasting. His name is everlasting, but it hurts me that he didn't give a, a final statement before he was before he was murdered. 
understand. And just like to go into that, that like, I was really looking like deep into the case. So, so most people, for those that don't know that his co-defendant, this is 2004 in Alabama, his co-defendant confessed to the crime, saying that Nathaniel had nothing to do with the crime. He ran. Like, he was, his co-defendant, like, blatantly, like, it was not like no, like, like a um, written statement where you could be like, all right, nah, he didn't write that. That had to come from some type of prep, preparation from a lawyer. These are like his words. He's cursing in his, in his written statement. He's speaking um, Ebonics for, like, slang and stuff like that. He's really speaking about the case, right? Like, Nathaniel had nothing to do with it. Basically, he's saying, like, Bro ran when he... He said Nathaniel stood in shock as if he got shot. And once he realized he didn't get shot, he took off running. Like, but he said it in a more and more um, burglar way. Like he he was cursing in his statement and everything. So that's not that's not coming from no lawyer. There's not no term post. Like this is this is this man's words, right? So for them to not believe that is like damn. That that sucks, and and even when it, even if they did believe it, it's just like they didn't give a damn. They they didn't care as long as someone was killed, and eventually he's gonna be killed. That's all they care about. Like these these police officers was killed. People gotta die for this, right? And this is and and this is in this is in the government's mind. People have to die for this. So if Nathaniel Woods is on, he's up deck first, he's going to die first. His quarterfinal is going to die second. And and that's just what it is. And just looking at this case, I, I might be long-winded, but because it really bothers me and just like, just like one of the officers, one of the officers' relatives, like I'm um, I'm going to quote her. She said, um, partial justice has been served today for our families. One cop killer down as we patiently wait for the next one. And it's just like, evidence doesn't matter. And I have conversations. I don't know. I don't know how long I have to speak, but let me, let me get this piece out. I don't, um, I have conversations with people about the justice system and just about what's justice and injustice and what does and what makes justice. And, that is so far-fetched and just so, um, it, it's nonsense. Because one can go, like, I don't, if, if those, your listeners, is into, like, urban culture and the hip-hop culture, like 6 9 a rapper, he could do everything that he said. He could rap about everything that he rapped about and commit everything that he committed. But he can tell... He can go become an informant, give up all this information, and reduce his time from like sixty-five years to six months. It's not about justice, yo. The system is not about justice. It's about somebody. It's about bodies being in prison because it's all the mindset from our forefathers. Not our forefathers. Pardon me. From the forefathers, like. Um, Washington and the rest of them, you know, the rest of them white people, 
white folks, the monster for them, it trickled down. So it's not that slavery ended, which, like, fact, factual that the 13th Amendment let the, um, um, the mass incarceration system and all that still consist of slavery, is that the mindset never changed. So they don't give a damn about if someone committed a crime as long as somebody is doing the work, as long as somebody is doing the enslavement work. That's all they care about. So if I catch a crime today, as long as I say Tag has more crime than me, that's all they care about. They'll let me go. As long as Tag goes to jail, so it's not about it's not about justice in the eyes. As long as somebody's in prison, that's all they care about, and that's what like bothers me. So like, I was really like really thinking like, damn, like this this sucks. And the thing was black, and I was thinking about like um Ethan Couch. We all remember Ethan Couch case, the Athlewinza case, where he killed four people in 2013. He killed four people. They said. He was, yeah, they said he was too rich. He was too affluential that he didn't know right from wrong. So they gave him 10 years on probation. He killed four people from drunk and driving. I had a fight. He's doing 10 years on probation. I had a right. fight. Kevin Steele had a fight, and I did 10 years in jail. Wow. So it's... It is. It is. It's so. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so sad. I, I feel you, man. It's no justice, and um, you know, um, don't feel like um or bad about you were saying you was looking to speak and raise your voice, but it was a lot of voices raising his case, including a whole lot of uh, celebrities. Yeah, definitely. Whole lot of celebrities, and um, so um, his case was his innocence was well um put out there so but let me just share some details now i did link um for the listeners or the those who will consume the podcast on blacktalkradionetwork.com uh later let me share some of them details before we hit um this break coming up at the half hour mark um but here here's some details from the daily beast um i wasn't able it's a very long detail article so i wasn't able to read it all as i was trying to you know, update myself on this case because it only came to, you know, my attention is when, you know, all these celebrities uh, jumped aboard. I wasn't seeing it in the national media or anything until it was too late, you know, and and that's kind of designed as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it says that, you know, the defense maintained that the shooting wasn't premeditated but a terrible knee-jerk reaction by Spencer. Um, that's not the part I'm looking for. Okay, both Woods and Spencer testified during the trial, telling the court that the three officers had come to the home several times before looking for another roommate, which was Tryon Bubba Cooper, who dealt drugs there. Uh, according to a 2012 affidavit, Cooper, this is the uh, uh, roommate who was, as far as I can tell, the only one who was selling drugs and the only ones possibly the cops would be looking for to serve a warrant on would, would be him, would be the logical choice from the information that I have. But uh, it appears these were dirty cops, um, according to uh, Cooper. Cooper's been admitted paying off officers Owen and Chisholm for two years to, quote, protect my drug business and make sure that no one else sold drugs 
in my area of Birmingham. So he, I mean, wow, man. Um, so, but after he was charged with attempted murder in April 2004, Cooper said the officers raised their price, which he could not afford, and he began avoiding the house to avoid a confrontation, the court document states. I feel like if I was there, it would have never happened, Cooper told the appeal. So um, the verdict the, the verdict did not meet in a unanimous verdict, but according to Alabama law, they don't have to have a unanimous verdict, um, apparently. And it says his legal attempts appeal... Um, attempts proved unsuccessful citing underlying corruption involving the officers who received 400 a week for two years from Cooper and the fact that both roommates did not intentionally plan the deadly shooting as I was saying earlier in what I wrote up for our description how you charging conspiracy to commit murder uh, on Spencer and Cooper I mean excuse me on Spencer and Woods you going there looking for Cooper how, they didn't know that you was coming, so how can you premeditate or conspire and plan to kill these people? And then Spencer saying, I was the only one who uh, um, was shooting and Woods ran, um, you know, according from what we heard heard from uh, Kevin. So, you know, this is, this is certainly something um, that is um, totally all within the bounds of prison slavery or in the context of prison. A prison slavery um it's just it's just ridiculous and so um let me see if we have uh, our other caller on the line i do believe we have sophia join us sophia if you'll hang tight with us on the other side of this break um then we'll come right to you you're listening to new abolitionist radio we broadcast or publish a podcast on sundays at nine o'clock p.m eastern time and we'll be back on the other side you are tuned in to the black talk radio network for podcasts and live program scheduling visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com the police the same way they put this club upside your head and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police brutality against a Negro follows the same pattern. They attack you, bust you all upside your mouth, and then take you to court and charge you with assault. What kind of democracy is that? What kind of uh, freedom is that? What kind of social or political system is it when a black man has no voice in court, has no nothing on his side other than what the white man chooses to give him. My brothers and sisters, we have to put a stop to this. And it will never be stopped until we stop it ourselves. They attack the victim. And then the criminal who attacked the victim accuses the victim of attacking him. This is American justice. This is American Democracy. And welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio. 917, um, is that our expected guest, Sophia, on the line? Yes, yes, I'm here. 
Can oh, you hear me? Yes, we hear you loud and clear. Great. Good, good evening. You've been hanging on a while um, and listening to <laughs> the conversation um, and some of the details surrounding this case. Um, what would you like to express uh, as it pertains to Nathaniel Woods' murder by the state of Alabama and on the death penalty in general, whatever you like to share? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, first, let me thank you and your team, of course, Tag, for having me on the show tonight. It's it's a great pleasure to, to be back with you, uh, Brother Scotty. Um, so, yes, this, um, and, and, and I have to say, Kevin, your, your part was excellent. Um, I feel those emotions, and to be honest, it, it hits hard, and that's, that's the thing for me when I first heard it. I think I heard it the morning of when things were supposed to go down, and I happened to have heard it on, like, mainstream news, waking up and just hearing of this case. And I'm thinking to myself, where was this case all along? It, it seems that they're now wanting to put it out there in the news when it's almost too late for something to be done. And, um, you know, my, my thoughts on this is that this is completely utter rubbish. Um, this is a man who's innocent, who has said he's innocent, who, you know, whose co-defendant, as was said, confessed to the crime, and yet he's been killed. And, 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 and similar to what Kevin said, the fact is that all of this has been proven, all of this has been said, and he has still been killed. It's it's mind-blowing to think that they did not do anything to stop it. That so-called stay that they put in place at like a few hours before, that was bullcrap. I, I, I kind of feel like they did that to take pressure down from from. From from off of them, I, I kind of feel like that was a gimmick, that was a joke, because it came last minute and nothing came out of it. And the way they did it was they put the stay on, and you didn't even know that it was lifted. You just heard that the 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 the, the um the execution is going through. So you know this is this is um this is evil <laughs> i mean i'm trying to think of words to call it that's beyond the words that we know this is completely evil this is just again america showing who america really is ultimately we see that this country gives it doesn't care for justice and again to what kevin said it's just about who can we pin for this crime Let's not do the work and really find out who did this. And even if even if they were to find out who did this or who did anything, they have to go to that mile of doing injustice where they now overcharge the person, right? Um, in this case, any time a cop is killed, that's it. Someone has to go down. And that person and that that person's friends and families all have to go down. They're all harassed. They're all somehow tortured. So I can't imagine this was, you know, I can't imagine what his family and friends are left with. Um, you know, someone is just taken from you, and you, you don't even, as it was said, he, he didn't leave any last words. Um, this is ultimately mind-blowing. And what what kills me is that this country, people like to say we're, you know, we're living we're living um we're living um 
this is the greatest country, right? This is we have all great freedoms here. This is the greatest place to be. And you know, my thing is how how is that so when we have people daily dying for things they didn't do, or they're going down for things they may have done, but why are we still holding on to punishment? Where does that get us as a nation? So, you know, that, that's the other part of it. Like, how is this justice? How do you go to bed at night and live with this? I would so, say, um, this is life. you know, mm-hmm. and this is political as well. Um, and when I say it, it, right. it's political, that's because he was killed, he was murdered, according to, and I would say premeditated, um, because he falls within chargeable offenses under laws that have been written by legislators, laws that, that were passed, and laws that can also be repealed. Um, and so you mentioned the sister, that this is what the sister said. She said she just wanted her brother to have another shot at a fair trial and Governor Ivy, I wish you would just please look at the information, the transcripts, everything that happened in this trial and please give him a chance to have a fair trial. Uh, Pamela Woods said on Wednesday, hear the evidence that proves that my brother would never do anything like this. He is a very loving, caring person and has a very meek and mild personality, uh, which goes to what Kevin was saying you know, about him, uh, uh, Spencer, the roommate, saying he ran, you know, scared after he realized he hadn't been shot, you know, that fight or flight uh, mentality, uh, or not mentality, but uh, actually it's a human instinct, you know, either fight or flight, you know, to stay alive. And, and he flew, and he uh, did save his life by getting, you know, out of the uh, way of this shootout. Um, Spencer, it sounds like Spencer had with some corrupt cops um, and uh, then only to end up murdered by the state of Alabama. So um, I tell you uh, the only way, what speaking to the premeditated part though, is that's where people during this voting season, you have to look at these candidates. Um, you know, I'm trying to do a a program later this week with uh, journalist John uh, Jeter. Uh, He's based in Costa Rica, but he doesn't believe the results of South Carolina, um, where 60% of the voting uh, uh, electorate, which means, you know, registered voters, uh, doesn't mean they all show up um, because they didn't. Um, But... You know, South Carolina and black folks uh, support uh, supposedly supporting a man who helped put these type of laws in place. Joe Biden successfully authored legislation in that 1994 crime bill to make nonviolent crimes that's connected to drugs um, a death penalty. You get the death penalty for that. And that's what and, and that's who victimized this this young man uh nathaniel woods all of this stuff has been it has a long paper trail okay and so i i don't it doesn't make sense and so what john jeter is saying that he believes that south carolina was rigged um and then when you look at the problems that black and hispanic communities had where they deliberately shut down uh hundreds of polling places then you got these long lines in texas and then you had all these glitches and problems in la county where a lot of black people live in los angeles uh uh county and and so um 
you know, but it's still not enough people turning out to vote. And another person like Joe Biden, I mean, how can Joe will say anything about Trump when Joe Biden is his mirror reflection? It just when you look in the mirror, it got a D instead of an R. When you look at them on the criminal justice uh, issues, when you look at them too on the death penalty. Um, you know, Donald Trump doesn't have a long political history, but he took out a front page ad in the new, or or I should say a full page ad in the New York Times, and they took the money uh, to call for, you know, the lynching of the Central Park Five, those, those young men who had been wrongfully convicted. So you know where Donald Trump stands on the drug penalty. And recently I actually got some audio um of that, that Trump wants to expand it further than Joe Biden got it. Um, so you can, you, again, even if... Now to the Trump presidency, and President Trump unveiled his plan for fighting the nation's opioid epidemic. It's a tough crime initiative that could include the death penalty for some drug... Okay, let me let me cue this uh, up a bit. We have um, some issues with uh, this YouTube video. Um, but so we know where Donald Trump stand on the issue of the death penalty. He want to kill more people. Now, I don't know if y'all keep up with international news, but in the Philippines, Duarte is if, if your neighbors call in to the police department or if the police just want to target you, um, accuse you of using drugs or selling drugs or both doesn't matter. These police been shooting these people down dead in the streets. There have been marches and, and you know, demonstrations just like we see here in, in the United States. And Donald Trump praised that man for his war on drugs, where you got the police just straight up executing people in the street. That's that's where Donald Trump is. He wants, he, he wouldn't care if it, you know, um, he would love to have that power, okay? And, um... Joe Biden to me is no different, but this is Trump pushing for more death penalty for some quote unquote drug dealers, which Nathaniel Woods was not just in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong roommate. Um, and, um, these dirty cops just happened to come while he was at home. So traffickers, CBS 4's Angelica Alvarez has the details from the white house. Melania Trump introduced the president in New Hampshire. I'm proud of this administration's commitment to battling this epidemic. The White House chose the Granite State as the backdrop for announcing the president's opioid plan, a place he once described as a drug-infested den. I see what you're going through. About as bad as there is anywhere in the country. The president's initiative is getting the most attention for its crackdown on drug traffickers. If we don't get tough on the drug dealers, we're wasting our time. Just remember that. We're wasting our time. And that toughness includes the death penalty. And the president repeated his demand for a wall on the Mexican border, saying it will stop the flow of illegal drugs. The White House is also taking aim at the health care industry. All right, we'll we'll leave it there. So, you know, we got Donald Trump, who is the current POTUS, um, giving the thumbs up and gave him the weapons to do it because Obama going out the office has stopped um, a weapons transfer, a sale of weapons um, to their military 
um, because of this issue of them just murdering people just accused of using or selling drugs in the Philippines. And, of course, Donald Trump gave gave them, when he came into office, gave them the um, weapons and uh, then praised this guy while he had his um, the law enforcement apparatus uh, in the country murder uh, innocent people. Um, so any, any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, Brother Scotty, yeah. Uh, there's someone, we have a caller on the line who has an urgent prison slavery-related announcement and, and has some insights on this. Uh, it would be area code 413. Uh, do you see her? Yes, and just unmuted to Mike uh, 413. You have some urgent news for us? Yes, I have urgent news into this. Do any, um, like, that guy that was um, Nathaniel, the whole, I read the whole, I went deep into his situation. The fact of the matter is he was proven innocent. Do y'all, I mean, a lot of people don't watch these documentaries that's coming on TV. They take it as, oh, yeah, okay, they say it's fictional. But if you look into the books and read and listen to what our old ancestors are telling me, teaching us, my grandmother, my grandmother fought for our rights and everything, marched with Martin Luther King and everybody. This is this just not has been going on. This has been going on for years. This has to do all these wars that are being um, fought. Who do y'all think is paying for this? How do you think that the drugs came into the neighborhood with the the corrupt police? This man went to death. He was murdered. Like that young man said, that man was murdered. And his friend said the the friend that they came to the house with with these corrupt police officers, it was a cover up. That man was murdered because they are paying for wars. They are paying for the CIA. It goes deep. They need to read these books that these people are putting out. Take heed to these um, documentaries that are coming out. They may put fictional, but don't, and, and if you don't believe the fictional, go into the books. Like my grandmother used to always tell me, and my grandfather used to always tell me, go into the books, read it. Go back into the books because they are telling the truth. This man was murdered, murdered because of corrupt cops for money. I watched a documentary last week that came on. Um, it, it went back to Reagan, the Reagan, the Reagan, um, what's the name? Yeah, the Reagan administration to where one black dude, I guess he was young, and he went in and... The CIA um, forced um, the guy to sell drugs, had all these drug dealers selling drugs to um, promote a war. When the state police got involved in it, now the big honchos who had something to do with his Reagan, the presidents, and all of that pulled out. Well, we're not going to, we're not going to um, back you anymore because now it's getting too hot because now the state. The state police, the FBI, and all this is getting involved. They are fun and they said he was innocent. He ran. Who's running? If he did something, no one is running from that. This makes no sense. It happens. And just like the, the slave with the... um. 
the system. This goes back to all the presidencies, Donald Trump and all of them. They know what's going on. And this is what they want. Yeah, yeah, we this didn't, didn't happen mind overnight. You, poppy seeds has not grown in my backyard. Yeah, this didn't happen overnight. And poppy not- seeds are not grown in my backyard. This has been going on for years. And my grandmother told us Decades. this. My grandfather taught us this. Look at what you're doing. Look at your surroundings. This has been going on, all this conspiracy, these books. It's mad books out there that teaches us this, but no one takes acknowledge of this. this, of this. And I sat here and watched. I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I watched this, and it's on YouTube. It's on Sling. It's on Netflix. These documentaries are real. You just have to do, the, do your um, research, and you will see it, just like the coronavirus. It was written in the book. <laughs> A man wrote this in a book, and now yeah, it's here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I got to stop you there, though. Um, we do have some coronavirus coverage. Speaking of coronavirus, um, and I know what you're talking about, the Dean Koontz book, but that was just a coincidence. Yeah, he named it something else after a Russian city. Um, so it, it's a hell of a coincidence, but yeah, my next door neighbor uh, showed it to me. I looked into it. it it's you know, no, Wuhan, not even that. Wuhan. It's not even only that book. Look of a um. Yeah, the, but the, we we want to stick. Uh, we want to stick you to the topic that, of everything is happening now. Um. Okay. Yeah, but we want to stick to the topic of prison slavery and the death penalty. Yeah. Let me um. um but people can let, check. Let me just say this. Uh, people can check out. Uh, BTR News tomorrow night. Uh, David Ryan will be back with us, and we'll be covering uh, the coronavirus just for that that pro- that program. No, but, I just use that as an example. Yeah, but I'm just but, using that as an example. But okay, I understand, this man sister. died for no reason. And no, like he his died said, because somebody cop. murdered him. Uh, it wasn't for no reason. They, it, yeah, they uh, basically murdered him to keep him quiet. Um, so. But yeah, but in terms of reading doc, watching documentaries or reading books, I learned this just by reading politicians' records. So you got a man right now, sixty-five delegates in the lead for the Democratic nomination, and it's just getting started. It's not over. But Joe Biden, I started doing my really deep dive research into him, and I did not know that this man was around when Jimmy Carter was president and Jimmy Carter had this started dismantling cause you know, you want to go back to the conspiracy, the um, Nixon's chief of staff confirming that Nixon said, we got to do something about these anti-war hippies and these black people. And we got to figure out a way to target them and we're going to do it through the drug war. And so Nixon has started building, you know, the maximum uh, mass incarceration um, of prison slavery, increasing prison slavery. Carter came in later. Um, he didn't come in right after Nixon. I think it was Ford after Nixon resigned. But then came Carter. Carter started dismantling that at the federal level. And, and Joe Biden, the Democrat, was criticizing Jimmy Carter for being soft on crime. Why are you dismantling this and that? And that's how far, 60 years, that goes back 60 years that Joe Biden has been a, one of the architects of prison slavery, modern prison slavery in, in, in this country. And he even uh, helped, I say helped Ronald Reagan get elected um, and, and uh, by criticizing Carter on being soft on crime and punishment. 
and and then he was quite successful under Reagan. Teamed up with Strom Thurmond out of South Carolina, that old racist who had raped his his mama's maid, I guess, because after he died, his black daughter comes comes forth. But that's who Joe Biden teamed up with to pass these federal laws and get the states also, you know, to go ahead to write these type of laws, expanding the death penalty to where you can murder somebody like Nathaniel Woods, who was just uh, happened to be living at a house where some corrupt cops came and a shootout occurred between them and the other roommate, and he ran away, but now he's dead. Can I say something? It also goes back to Larry David. Let's take it back there. Larry David, same thing. Shot the cops up because they wanted him to sell drugs. Then on his day of release, he gets murdered. How did this man get a, get away? How did this man even get come in contact with Larry David? It's the same thing. History is repeating itself over and over and over again. Until we do something as a people, it will never change. Now, it will let never me, change. Let me say something. Yeah, go um, ahead, Kevin. Yes, yeah, so, um, Larry Davis was killed in jail. And yes, he was. Yeah, so but, um, to go back to this is a topic I can right because this is about the same things and just like mass incarceration and just the whole enslavement system, right? And you mentioned the tournament. You mentioned something about Reagan and just like how and even with Biden, he 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 ties into that system as well into that administration as well. And just to look at it in hindsight, right? Reagan and, and and his administration, they declared a war on drugs in 1982, in October, mm-hmm. right? And the war on drugs was about crack cocaine, right? Crack cocaine mm-hmm. didn't hit the streets till 1985. They declared the war in 1982. But it really it hit. But the if, if you look at the documentary and read the book, it hit it before 1985. They just no. put it out there. It been hit the. It had been hit the streets. Yeah, it they actually just started. Know it, 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 you know, without getting hung up on dates, it. it started during the Nixon administration. So Nixon, that was like that's what, right, seven, baby. Seven. No, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, I read every day. day. I'm in the books, and I'm, I'm. I'm. I make sure. Okay, <laughs> My name ain't no dummy. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not coming at you. I'm not coming at anyone. These are facts I'm giving you. And I'm giving you facts. Reagan declared a war on a drug that, at the time, two percent of the nation decided that drugs wasn't a problem to America. Two percent of the nation declared that drugs was a problem. Only two percent. They were funding the wars. No, listen. Listen, listen, listen to what I'm saying. 1982, only 2% of the um, of America said drugs was a problem. Why would he declare a war or something to that justify, only 2% of the to, people? To justify locking exactly. up people, the, exactly. the prison slavery so system. So only 2% of, of the people decided that this was a problem. So why would he declare a war on something that only 2% of the people declare, uh, um, that decided that was a problem? He declared a war on They only wanted to keep it in the ghettos with the blacks and the Hispanics. They wanted to keep it in the ghettos. Once it started hitting yes. the suburbs, yes, then it became a problem. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. He declared a war on something that he foreseen that could be 
potential to continue slavery. He he foreseen that. But this get, drug but, but guess who put Kevin though? Kevin, like I was researching this last night though. But guess who push was pushing Reagan? The Intercept put out a, a greatly uh, researched article. Um, I linked to it, and I believe one of my last podcasts. But it was Biden who was pushing Reagan. Exactly. It was Biden exactly. who was pushing yes. Reagan to yes. to, mm-hmm. to that to that. And, that, 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 and that, this that, is the man that, right now that, that, that they trying to put up against Trump, against Bernie Sanders, who has issued a prisoners. Bill of Rights that uh-huh. was based on the prisoner demands. Now you see Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, you see uh-huh. Amy Klobuchar, the establishment all rushing to back Biden. Those are all former prosecutors and people who had a exactly. hand in in prison slavery. So, you know, it's like the whole system is against Sanders and you got to ask yourself why. If you look at that prisoner bill of rights, you end prison slavery at the moment you give a prisoner the right to vote and pay him for his wages exactly. and give him human exactly. rights and constitutional uh, protections. Yeah, but who put these people in office? That's what exactly. we need to ask ourselves. We're not fighting enough. Money. I live in Money. Massachusetts. Money Hold puts on. These let me, let me explain power. to you. I live in Massachusetts. This woman, and this is a prime example and a true example. This a Spanish woman was running for governor for Springfield. She had all the right issues. Because of her background, she's an ex-cop, was running for the mayor of Springfield. She said she wanted to make sure that we people make sure that the bus lines was this longer because people were getting pulled over because they had to get to work and feed their family because their license was suspended. She wanted to fight for the war on drugs. She wanted to fight for this. She wanted to, She had all the right issues. All the right issues. The people of Springfield, she got on a live cast, Facebook cast. They did not want to get involved because you know why? They don't know their laws. They're scared. They're going to come after me. So what? So what? What are you scared of? Was Martin Luther King scared of it? I'm not scared of it. And I'm fighting for my husband. I fight for my my son. I fight for my brothers. I fight for everybody. If we're not doing anything to make the change, then what? what then they're going to get away with what they want to get away with. And and sis, uh, on on that, uh, didn't you have an announcement uh, related to that that you wanted to speak to? Did you still want to share that with uh, the listeners? Not. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing going back to the slavery thing. These men are going through what they're going through because it's, it's us. We have to make the change. We don't have, like back in the days, where people are going to come up front and fight. You have certain people that, make, first of all, they're making a name for themselves, just putting themselves out there. Because I done went to many of people, like I said in my last um cast, I've done wrote and written many a people, many a people about the situation, and still nothing has changed. If we don't come forth and fight for our rights, then nothing's going to change. Like I said, you can get, I'm, I'm not being racist or anything, but I'm being real because I lived the real life. If this was a Port, if my man was Puerto Rican, do you know how many Puerto Ricans will come out and fight for us being That's black? Real. We are so against each other, it makes no sense. My grandmother and them been saying this for years. We need to come out and fight as black people. And we need to stop it. Stop being jealous of each other. Stop thinking, oh, okay, this and that. Oh, stop trying to be all up front. Yep. You got this dude's face that is down with Queen Slip. 
promoting Trump. He sounds like a fucking, excuse my French, an idiot at the end of the day. Uh-huh. I'm mad because uh-huh. it happens to our community. We sit out here and we, we promote somebody that's not for us. And it's, it's sad. I'm sitting out here fighting a good fight by, I feel I'm doing this by myself. I'm not only doing it for my husband, I'm doing, I got a son to raise. I have brothers, uncles, everybody that has been in that system and been beaten. Yo, they, yo, it's just so sad. It's so sad that only time black people want to come together is benefiting them. Or they got I, I, I don't know game. about that because black no folks, black, black folks right. came across. Uh, that's true. That's true. I live it. I live it. Puerto Ricans, you fight one Puerto Rican, you're fighting the whole community. All right, let me say something, and then we're going to, like, finish this. Like, yeah, we need I did eight and a half years. I did eight and a half years. What I'm doing now, I'm on this phone call. That This is not benefiting me. The thing you I'm not saying not, you, brother. I'm not, no, saying you. I'm not saying you. So I'm not about, saying you. I'm not saying you. But it's no, the most yes, of you. Yes, yes, yes. No, we do not come together as a race. Black, we do. We do. No, just don't say we. Because I'm black. I'm sorry. I had I had mute the sister because... Um, yeah, don't say black. Yeah, just say interrupting the um, a lot, and it's not making right. for good radio, you know. Right. Um, so I had I had to mute you. Um, we are yeah, actually was... over over time, and um, so you know, a lot of a lot of people ain't coming out. You know, here here in this county, for example, we got one hundred and thirty thousand registered voters. Um, I yep. told you know uh, on. We had two weeks of of voting of free. What is it? Um, uh, early voting. Two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And then um, come Super Tuesday, North Carolina in my county, uh, less than thirty thousand people, or somewhere around thirty thousand people, took the time out to even vote. Okay, so that again goes to what is the system? We say the system. The system is the system of governance. And what is the system of governance? Well, the people that are elected and then appointed, others who are appointed by those who are elected. That's the system. And when we come out in low, low numbers, because, again, barring revolution, which I don't see anybody rising up. Uh, to shed some blood, so like Malcolm says, let's not talk, speak on no revolution. Um, we ain't even prepared for nothing like that. So what do we have to do? What kind? Of, what ways can we fight? Is to fight um, through the voter box and get and on, on for platforms that do benefit us. You know, um, I don't I don't trust the results of South Carolina where you have a large black electorate, but I refuse to believe that they. Voted for Biden and get nothing in return because that, that's you know that's that we're not getting nothing yeah. in return. So you know we need to go ahead. We need to go ahead and organize more because they said the young people didn't come out. I blame Sanders surrogates who are who have a young audience. You got Selena, I think that's her name, Selena, or, or the young girl that sung at at the church at Aretha Franklin's, the little Mexican Latino girl, whatever her name is, real popular. He got a whole bunch of these pop stars that have endorsed him. And I haven't seen them motivating these young people because he wins with the young people. And so, you know, and then it's a lot of us. When I say us, I'm saying, well, I'm 53. But then, you know, those who are around my age or even younger, adults, we're not turning out in huge numbers. 
Um, I mean, we mm. had it was beautiful the people that came out for the million millions for prisoners' human rights march to raise awareness. But we had to get past where if we passed the raising awareness part. We need to get people in political power that can do something, do something. And um, so I'm I'm gonna end it there and, and give everybody a chance, you know, to give about thirty seconds of a of a final comment. Alabama has murdered, um, you know, Nathaniel Woods and many more people are are going to be murdered, not just in Alabama, Mississippi, and, and just everywhere where the death penalty um, states have the death penalty. So you know, abolishing prison slavery also means abolishing the death penalty. And uh, Sanders is the only candidate uh, with, a, with a shot that's anti-death penalty and, in fact, wants to abolish it. So, um, you know, I'm just tired of, of the complaining and not seeing no results, y'all. And, and right. So, you know, so everybody go ahead and get their final thoughts in no particular order. Whoever speak up, let's not speak over each other. Go ahead. We'll go with the ladies first. Uh, yes. Uh Thank you. Um, I mean, I thought it was well said. I, I, I feel that again, we have to we have to come together and lock arms and keep on fighting. Um, I I definitely feel that we are doing amazing things. There are groups that are doing amazing things, and it's just maybe not getting the pub the the kind of publicity. But again, um, we're doing things, and we're doing things as, as similar to what Kevin said beyond ourselves, and for the next generation and for a different society for a society that's actually humane and part of that requires us to talk more with each other and and strategize more um and do some things and we're doing that so my only thing is that i i get the sense from the caller maybe from others who are who didn't call in that we're not doing enough a lot is being done and we have more to do but some some changes are being made and so uh, we hope not to have another Nathaniel Woods anytime soon again. And if we do, God forbid, we have to fight that before it's like the last minute that we're hearing about that story. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, so I was just thinking. So um, quick thirty seconds that that um, abolishing the the prison slavery, as well as the death penalty, but as well as parole and probation and all these other forms of slavery, right? Because once you become out of prison, you're still enslaved if you're on parole and probation. And that's the mission. And I just feel that for those that's on death penalty, we have to fight more, if not harder, for those guys and girls that's on there. I'm not really too sure if there's like a lot of females on there or not, but we have to fight more for those as well at the same time as hard as we fought for Mumia because we, we won for him. That was a victory for us, getting him off the road, and now we're about to get him out, right? So mm-hmm. in my opinion, I feel that as we, we failed him, we failed Nathaniel Woods because we wasn't fighting as hard, and I feel as if we was fighting as hard, we could have prevented this. So mm-hmm. looking forward into the future, we should fight as hard as for those on the death penalty, especially those that's wrongly um, convicted, and just to abolish this whole system in the ball. And I, 
I like Bernie Sanders and his um, democratic socialism, even though I don't understand what the hell that means, democratic socialism, but I, I feel he is more adequate than a Bernie, um, Bernie Sanders and a Donald Trump. So that's it. No doubt. Much appreciated. Everyone's participation and just abolitionism in general. There, there are always, you know, going to be very difficult issues to face when we're talking about prison slavery, and this is just one of countless of, of examples of just how vile that these slavers can get down. That said, as far as doing things, you know, heads are certainly doing things. Uh, as was mentioned, we we do have this this uh, justice and the justice and freedom for all uh, coming up as far as the Sanders campaign and from what I've heard uh, jailhouse lawyers speak heads on the inside that have been organizing this these upcoming actions for black August and into September uh, are, have been have been saying essentially that uh, Sanders is the only candidate that's really speaking to their needs so that's something else that we can be doing uh, supporting actions from the inside and doing what we can on the outside to make sure that had know that August through September uh, activities are going to be, you know, um, in, in full effect to end slavery and heads on the inside are the ones that are organizing that. And we have to do everything we can out here. And, and on a more uh, immediate note uh, in the New York city area, we, we have two events coming up uh, both on Saturday and one is uh, for the move nine and it's a welcome for the Move 9 at Holy Root Episcopal Church. And then there's also a welcome home family gathering from Stop the Raid NYC. And that's going to be at Jalopy Theater in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. So uh, please go to freemumia.com uh, for more information about the Move 9 event. And contact Stop the Raids NYC at protonmail.com or visit iWalk uh, anywhere online, uh, Stop the Raids online for more information about the Welcome Home in Brooklyn, both Saturday. I'm sorry, it's really quickly. It's on a move.com that has more information about the, the move event. And much appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that a great deal. On a move.com, indeed. All right. Well, it was great um, for the participation of... Um, Kevin and Sophia and Tag, thank you for coordinating events so that we could have this important conversation. I mean, this is state-sponsored murder um, in in the case of Nathaniel Woods, and um, I guess you could say that collectively, what they call the United States of America is a serial killer. You know, um, yeah, it is. <laughs> you talk about Joe Biden talking about the soul, uh, restoring the soul of America. No, the America's been in the business of damaging souls, you know, uh, since its creation. So, you know, um, we just got to keep fighting. I think it's the theme coming out of, of tonight. Um, we got to get more involved, and I guess we got to get better at convincing others uh, to fight because there are just too many. It, it's more of us than it is of mm -hmm. them. And I'm talking in the terms of Malcolm X saying, uh, uh, predicting the time when it will be the oppressed versus the oppressor and not so much based on, on skin color. 
uh, black and white because when we look to the other side, we see plenty of black faces, the Kamala Harris's, the James Clyburn's, they want to endorse people like Biden. So it really, it, it really is a class issue and, and with racism intersecting into mm-hmm. it. So uh, we definitely um, got to keep up the fight and thank you, all the fighters that was on tonight. I'll be back on air tomorrow night at 8 o'clock with David Wren of Tando Radio Show. He hasn't started it back yet, but uh, he called me and um, wants to do a broadcast on coronavirus again. Um, so it is spreading. It's something that you need to prepare for because, you know, I I can't even say it's coming. It's already here in the United States, including the case here in, in North Carolina. So that's nothing to be foolish about. And it's particularly taking out elderly, our elderly people. Um, so we'll be talking about that and more tomorrow on Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. Again, thank thank you. Um, all abolitionists everywhere. Um, keeping with the theme let's just continue to fight from behind these enemy lines of USA Inc peace and blessings to all land of the free it lies the home of the homeless too many die every day and we really just want this freedom freedom